It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Expressed by hosts invited speakers and callers do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of. Black Talk Media Project or the Black Talk Radio Network. Good evening and welcome to Political Prisoner Radio. My name is Scotty Reed. I'm broadcasting from behind these enemy lines known as USA Inc. It is Sunday night, August 2nd, 2015. Black August 2015. Good to be back on these airways with you. I hope that you all are surviving behind these enemy lines, that no one has lost their life that uh regularly listens to this program we don't want to see any death out there but we know um the conditions under which we live there are just far too many people dying every day now yesterday was the start of black august um which is a time to study to educate and do outreach about our history and current condition under the oppression of this racist government which was built on stolen land with stolen bodies and we want to uh of course uh during this month just uh do those things to and we do it every sunday we try to educate you on the political prisoners um who represent black august they are the epitome of what black august is all about um also um there is one of the soledad brothers that was soledad prison is where that that name soledad comes from and we know he was um a comrade of george jackson at that prison in california but soledad brother john clutchette is asking for help uh certainly we'll get sister amigo she'll be coming in here in just a minute and uh she's going to tell us about what this brother needs from us out here um, who are not, you know, on the prison plantation and have some measure of freedom and, and we can lend assistance. So she'll inform us about that. Um, some of the things we want to talk about with the movement growing to remove not only the Confederate flag, which was removed from the South Carolina State House grounds, but the movement to remove all these monuments to these racist, enslaving, mass murdering land thieves. And this has white ring, um, right wing racists all up in arms. And now they are attempting to do the same thing to some of our black historical markers. And here in North Carolina, where the Black Talk Media Project is based, uh, we have a group of white people about 3,000 white people who have signed a petition to remove a historical marker recognizing the social programs of the Black Panther Party chapter, which was in Winston-Salem, North Carolina. So of course, these races are using this disinformation to paint the Panthers as a racist organization. All right. And I have a believe I have also linked to that story. If you want to uh, add your commentary in the comments section. Um and in the midst of the outrage towards a white dentist, I believe he's in Minnesota, who killed and slaughtered a lion named Cecil in Zimbabwe, some people are outraged that so many people care about this particular crime, and they are suggesting that there is no similar outrage for all the senseless killings of black people by police in the United States. And the question that uh, I posted in tonight's promo is, is there any merit to that claim? And so we want to briefly discuss that. 
and also um, want to highlight the political prisoner birthdays this week. We got quite a few, about one, two, three, four, four political prisoner birthdays. And again, a shout out to nycabc.wordpress.com, the New, the New York City Anarchist Black Cross organization that has put together that political prisoner and prisoner of war birthday calendar which we you know get our information from so without further delay i do want to welcome in the co-host and the co-producer of political prisoner radio sister Mijo. how are you doing tonight i'm good scotty how are you I'm not going to complain too much. Um, are you rested? Because I know you've been tired. You were tired <laughs> last week and, you know, you were engaged in so much work. And so it's certainly understandable. But are you rested up tonight? I hope you were able to get some rest. <laughs> um, No. Say no. I actually just came from an event. Um, It was a vigil um, and morning um event for... Um, Palestinians who were murdered. Uh, um, Are you referencing that baby, that 18 month old baby that was burnt alive yeah. by those white racist Jews? Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've, I've been paying attention to that story as well. There were also two other teenagers who were participating in protests in Palestine that were uh, gunned down by IDF soldiers, and, and they were unarmed Correct. as well. So, yeah. Right. So we just had um, a memorial program here in Baltimore and, um, you know, shared um, stories and poems and um you know, um, yeah, so just coming from that event to be directly um, on the show, and I actually read a very important um, solidarity um, statement uh, at the event, and I, I can post it on our page. Can you read um, it here? Can you read it now? Um, it's I mean, it's, it's kind of long. I mean, oh, okay. I can oh, okay. read it. I mean... Yeah, if it's not about Black August, then yeah, we can share that. Are you talking about in solidarity with the Palestinian people? Yes, I'll, I'll read it. Okay, read okay. It. Let me, um, Please, go ahead. Me... I mean, a lot of people, let me just preface it by, by saying this. Correct me if I'm wrong, Sister Amidja, but there was a Black Panther uh, chapter in Palestine, was there not? There were, I mean, there were Black Panther chapters um, in various different parts of the world, including, um, you know, Australia, mm -hmm. um, which a lot of people don't know. Um, you know, of course, um, the Panthers have a revolutionary, you know, intercommunalist, uh, internationalist, you know, perspective. Um, so this statement is a Black Solidarity Statement with Palestine, July 2015. Um, the past year has been one of high-profile growth for black Palestinian solidarity. Out of the terror directed against us, from numerous attacks on black life to Israel's brutal war on Gaza and chokehold on the West Bank, we have witnessed the emergence of strength and resilience and joint struggle between our movements. Palestinians on Twitter were among the first to provide international support for protesters in Ferguson while St. Louis-based Palestinians gave support on the ground. A delegation of Palestinian students visited black organizers in St. Louis, Atlanta, Detroit, and more last November, just months before the Dream Defenders took representatives of Black Lives Matter, Ferguson, and other racial justice groups to Palestine. Throughout the year, Palestinians sent black protesters multiple letters of solidarity. We offer this statement to continue the conversation between our movements. On the first year anniversary of 2014's Gaza massacre and the 48th year of Israel occupation, the 67th year of Palestinians' ongoing Mazda, the Arabic word for Israel's ethnic cleansing, and in the fourth century of black oppression in the present day of the United States, we the unsigned black activists, artists, scholars, writers, and political prisoners offer this letter of reaffirmed solidarity with the Palestinian struggle and commitment to the liberation of Palestine's land and people. We can neither forgive nor forget last summer's violence. We remain outraged at the brutal Israel 
um, the brutality Israel unleashed through its siege by land, sea, and air in the most recent of three military offenses against Gaza in six years. We remain sickened by Israel's targeting of homes, schools, UN shelters, mosques, ambulances, and hospitals. We remain heartbroken and repulsed by the number of children Israel killed in an operation they called defensive. We reject Israel's framing of itself as a victim. Anyone who takes an honest look at the destruction to life and property in Gaza can see Israel committed a one-sided slaughter. With 100,000 people still homeless in Gaza, the massacre's effects continue to devastate Gaza today and will for years to come. Israel's injustice and cruelty towards Palestinians is not limited to Gaza and its problem is not with any particular Palestinian party. The oppression of Palestinians extends throughout the occupied territories within Israel's 1948 borders and into neighboring countries. The Israeli occupation forces continue to kill protesters, including children, conduct night raids on civilians, hold hundreds of people under indefinite detention, and demolish homes while expanding illegal Jewish-only settlements. Israeli politicians, including Benjamin Netanyahu, incite against Palestinian citizens within Israelis' recognized borders where over 50 laws discriminate against non-Jewish people. Our support extends to those living under occupation and siege, Palestinian citizens of Israel and the 5 million Palestinian refugees exiled in Jordan, Lebanon, Syria, and Palestine. The refugees' right to return to their homeland in present-day Israel is the most important aspect of justice for Palestinians. Palestinian liberation represents an inherent threat to the Zionist state of Israel, a colonial state built on ethnic cleansing, land theft, and the denial of Palestinian humanity and sovereignty. While we acknowledge that the apartheid configuration of Israel slash Palestine is distinct from what took place in the United States and South Africa, we continue to see connections between the situation of Palestinians and black people. Israel's widespread use of detention and imprisonment against Palestinians invokes the mass incarceration of black people in the U.S., including the political imprisonment of our own revolutionaries. Soldiers, police, and courts justify lethal force against us and our children who pose no imminent threat. And while the U.S. and Israel would continue to oppress us without collaborating with each other, we have witnessed police and soldiers from the two countries trained side by side. U.S. and Israeli officials and media criminalize our existence, portraying violence against us as isolated incidents and call our resistance illegitimate or terrorism. These narratives ignore decades and centuries of anti-Palestinian and anti-Black violence that have always been at the core of Israel and the U.S. We recognize the racism that characterizes Israel's treatment of Palestinians and all is almost directed against others in the region, including intolerance, police brutality, and violence against Israel's African population. Israeli officials call asylum seekers from Sudan and Eritrea infiltrators and detain them in the desert while the state has sterilized Ethiopian Israelis without their knowledge or consent. These issues call for unified action against anti-blackness, white supremacy, and Zionism. We know Israel's violence toward Palestinians would be impossible without the U.S. defending Israel on the world stage and funding its violence with over $3 billion annually. We call on the U.S. government to end economic and diplomatic aid to Israel. We wholeheartedly endorse Palestinian civil societies. 2005 call for boycott, divestment, and sanctions against Israel and call on black and U.S. institutions and organizations to do the same. We urge people of consciousness to recognize the struggle for Palestinian liberation as a key issue of our time. As the BDS movement grows, we offer four G4S, the world's largest private security company, as a target for further joint struggle. G4S harms thousands of Palestinian political prisoners illegally held in Israel and hundreds of black and brown youth held in its privatized juvenile prisons in the United States. The, corpora the corporation profits from incarceration and deportation from the U.S. and Palestine to the U.K., South Africa, and Australia. We reject notions of security that make any of our groups unsafe and insist no one is free until all of us are. 
we offer this statement first and foremost to Palestinians whose suffering does not go unnoticed and whose resistance and resilience under racism and colonial colonialism inspires us. It is to Palestinians as well as the Israeli and U.S. government that we declare our commitment to working through cultural, economic, and political means to ensure Palestinian liberation at the same time as we work towards our own. We encourage activists to use this statement to advance solidarity with Palestine, and we also pressure our own black political figures to finally take action on this issue. As we continue these transnational conversations and interactions, we aim to sharpen our practice of joint struggle against capitalism, colonialism, imperialism, and the various racisms embedded in and around our society towards liberation. Amen. So let's jump right into it since we're only on air for an hour. We got another program coming on. So uh, with that said, if you have any questions or comments, if you got a black uh, August event coming up, please call us and get that information out there uh, to the listeners. I put out a call for people to send me black August events. I haven't heard from anyone. Uh, but I, I'm assuming that uh, I will find out about some, and we'll try to get those out also through our Facebook page, Political Prisoner Radio. Now, since you wanted to share a story we got uh, about Brother uh, John Clachette, uh, who was a comrade right. of George Jackson at uh, California Soledad Prison, can you can you lead us into that story? Right. So. Um a lot of people may be familiar with, uh, you know, George Jackson's famous book, uh, Solidad Brother, um, but, and some people may not. So for our listeners, um, you know, Solidad Brother are George Jackson, um, Fleda Drumwell, and George Klutschett, and they were accused of uh, murdering um, a prison guard and um, a prison guard you know, that had been uh, accused of killing prisoners, right? Right. Right. So um, the story goes is that uh, George Jackson met W.L. Nolan through the Black Panther Party in the Solidad State Prison in 1969. They were transferred together to the O-Wing along with um Drum Goodle and Cluchet, um, which was considered to be worst part of the adjustment center in which Max Rowe is a part. According to Jackson in the O-Wing, the strongest holdout no more than a couple of weeks. It destroys the logical process of the mind. A man's thought to become completely disorganized. The noise, madness streaming from every throat, frustrated sounds from the bars, metallic sounds from the walls, the steel trays, the iron beds bolted to the wall, the hollow sounds from a cast iron sink or toilet, the smells, the human waste thrown at us, unwashed bodies, the rotten food. When a white con leaves here, he's ruined for life. No black leaves Maxwell walking. Either he leaves on the mat wagon or he leaves crawling, licking at the pig's feet. What can be verified is that the prison's conditions for the inmates were very strict rarely being allowed to leave their cell without first being handcuffed and belted or having the cuffs chained to their waist, as well as being subjected to thorough skin searches and random searches through and destroying a personal sex. In George Jackson's letters from the prison, he describes the attitude of the staff towards the convicts as both defensive and hostile, apparently out of pure malevolence. His account of life at the prison was believed by some and was used by the Solidarity Brothers Defense Committee. Now, that was actually written by him, wasn't it? Right. Mm -hmm. And could you repeat that again? How can, what, I mean, what is he asking for us to do to help? So, um, I was just trying to give like a, like a brief history of, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Solidarity Prison and, um, it was supposedly a, a alleged uh, prison riot that led to um, the guard being killed of what they were all, mm -hmm. uh, what they were being charged for. But um, John specifically is, um, you know, the last of um, 
you know, of, of the Solidad brothers. But, I mean, there's a whole history here, so I would just suggest that, like, people can Google, you know, Solidad brother, and then, you know, there's Jonathan Jackson's attempt to free the Solidad brothers, and then, of course, you know, mm-hmm. the San Quentin Six and the Charles and um, so on and so forth. Um, so John, John Clichet has been in there, what, over 40 years now? Yeah, longer than that. Longer than that, and and right. you you also mentioned uh, Jonathan Jackson and Ru- Rochelle McGee was part of that too, right? Wasn't he wasn't he in the courthouse at the time uh, when Jonathan came in? Right, and that's the other case. Mm-hmm. And he's still in prison, uh, brother Rochelle, and we play some of his clips sometimes. Um, so yeah, well, um, right. All right. Are we done with that segment? Um, one second. I was going to. Um, were we able to post that um, that article to our Facebook page? I'm, I can do it right now, but I have linked to it for those who are uh, on BlackTalkRadioNetwork.com, the Political Prisoner Radio uh, page for tonight's program. It is a link there, but I'll go ahead and put it on Facebook as well, sis. Right, because he put a, a call out for help back in June. Back in June. And um, um yeah, and there was a article in the uh, San Francisco Bayview. All right, that has um, been posted. It has been posted to Political Prisoner Radio on Facebook. Now let's uh let's transition. I want to transition, and this is part of it. Why it's important that we educate people, and I would say all people, primarily our own people, but I would say all people on our history of struggle in this country, and and primarily, you know, our warriors who are still in prison right now as political prisoners. But I came across this article from a familiar person who was familiar to me, uh, this, this racist suspect, his name is, let me give you his name. His name is Warner Todd Houston. He is a Chicago-based freelance writer. Uh, he has been writing opinion editorials and social criticism since 2001. Uh, he is featured on many of the well-known racist uh, right-wing websites like Breitbart, Andrew Breitbart's BigGovernment.com, BigJournalism.com, RightWingNews.com. And it was on RightWingNews.com that he did a hit piece, you know, a propaganda hit piece on, on our good brother, um, um, man, his name, um, uh, Truth Minister Paul Scott up there in Durham, North Carolina, when he was promoting the red, black, and green a unity flag for the 4th of July instead of us flying the oppressor's flag you know let's fly let's fly this uh red black and green and so he this guy did a hit piece on on minister paul called the flag racist didn't do any background research on the red black and green to see that it was given to um the black diaspora as a as a rally point you know, by Marcus Garvey gave that to us. And and so just to give you a background information on this this hit piece. So he published this article that, that I came across says that yes, that Black Panther Party historical marker in North Carolina must come down. Now he don't he doesn't write a whole lot. I'ma read through it briefly and just listen, just listen intently for the lies that you're gonna hear. All right. Do you know that there is a historical marker in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, celebrating the founding of a chapter of domestic terrorists and hate group, the Black Panther Party? Now there is a petition demanding that the city remove the marker celebrating the hate group. Um, the marker, situated at the corner of 5th Street and Martin Luther King Boulevard in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, was erected in 2012 and celebrates the fact that the state's first chapter of the racist group formed on that spot in 1969. And, and he's lying because the picture he uses even has a picture of the plaque that was erected that has the language on why they were being honored. Anyway, I digress. Let me continue. The marker hasn't caused much fuss, really. But after a after racist black groups have spent the last few months defacing decades-old Confederate monuments all across the country and have been demanding that all Confederate history 
history be erased from existence. Now there is a move to do the same to this marker celebrating the founding of the city's racist Black Panther Party chapter. There's a change.org petition started by Wayne Pierce to eliminate this racist marker in downtown Winston-Salem. Here's the message that Pearson added to his petition. We the people call on the city council of Winston-Salem, North Carolina to remove the sign located at the northeast corner of Martin Luther King Drive in East 5th Street. Two weeks ago, Leader, former leader, and I'm quoting this directly, so, you know, apparently this dude can't write that well. Um, he made a lot of typos. Uh, two weeks ago, leader, former leader of the Black Panther Party, along with members of the Black Panther Party, were in Charleston, South Carolina. In, in his speech, he called the killing of crackers, white people, and for the killing of the children of slave owners, modern descendants of slave owners. We the people feel that is not in the best interest of the city of Winston-Salem or the state of North Carolina to honor such a racist and violent organization. Take the sign down, take the sign down, take the sign down. So far, the petition is closing in on 3,000 supporters, but it needs 5,000 for action. And yes, there's a direct parallel between what blacks call celebrations of the KKK in those Confederate monuments and the celebration of the Black Panther Party. Both are hateful, racist, domestic terrorist organizations. If Confederate history is too racist to be remembered, then so is the violent, murderous, drug-pushing hate group known as the Black Panther Party. I'm going to stop right there because, you know, I I'm not going to share anymore because you get the gist already. Now, what stuck out to you in that article, sis? You know, I mean, I guess the thing that really sticks out to me is that, you know, when you look at the history you know, of the Panther Party or, or just even, you know, the terminology of, you know, hate group or, you know, those types of words, you know, it's, it's always interesting how, you know, white people like to use, you know, the words in their own interest, you know, um, and we had talked about that last week where, you know, we have the animal rights activists who are being considered, you know, terrorists under mm -hmm. the Animal Enterprise Act mm -hmm. versus that Dylan Roof. Um, so it's the, you know, the, the using of, of the word um, to benefit self. You know what I mean? Oh, yes. I know exactly what you mean. You know what stuck out, stood out to me the, the most? Because I've, I've documented it before. I've seen it before. Alex Jones, you know who Alex Jones is. You heard of him, right? Uh -huh. And Alex Jones, I do subscribe to his website, even though I do think he is a racist. I know he celebrates racist white supremacists. But still, though, some of the, the, the information that he puts out is useful. It, I think I could use right. it. And so I do subscribe to him. All right. I do subscribe to the website Infowars.com. And so I will get like these email blasts from the website. And it has been more than once where he has used old pictures from the 1960s of the Black Panther Party for self-defense, which then shortened its name to the Black Panther Party to then to then do a story on the new Black Panther Party. Right. Right, and I got a real, I got a really big problem with that. Um, Alex Jones has really been, um, you know, uh, I would say showing his true colors, but you know, I think at a certain extent, you know, um, he he's very, he's extremely racist. I mean, there sometimes he puts out some good information, but mm -hmm. you know, over overwhelmingly, you know, um, clearly. Um, he has a white supremacist ideology. Most certainly he does. And I, and in the past, I have pointed this out and I have tweeted at um, uh, KRS-One. I have tweeted at Professor Griff, a public enemy. Um, I have tweeted at both those brothers and, and asked them to please stay off of Alex Jones's program because I have seen both of them. I haven't seen them on there recently, but I have seen both of them in the studio with him, you know, and, and I'm like, this man is a racist. This man is a racist. 
I am not partnering with anyone who celebrates the likes of George Washington and, and Thomas Jefferson and, and talking all that founding fathers garbage. I'm like, no, man, that's a racist. Do y'all not know this man is a racist and he and he, he, he celebrates white supremacy? So please, brothers, don't go on that man's program. Don't be on there like we in solidarity with him on anything. Okay, it, right, because it, it, it gives him some kind of credibility. Exactly, exactly. They, they, you, they, they're you being used. Oh, he can't be racist. He got KRS One and Professor Griff on his program. You right. know, and we have to be careful that we don't allow ourselves to be used as tools by these type of people. But as you can see, this race, this racist white supremacist Warner Todd Houston, and I am not going to call him a racist suspect anymore because he's confirmed by me just reading that, that he is a white supremacist. He doesn't see the Confederacy as being a white supremacist government that was, that was primarily organized to practice slavery. All right, to practice slavery against black people. So he's con Warner Todd Houston has confirmed to me that he is a white supremacist. So I don't have to call him a racist suspect anymore. He has confirmed it, but he's using the same language again. And I know who he's talking about, I, even though his name always escapes me. He's been on this station a couple of times. What's the attorney name with the black lawyers for justice? Malik Zulu Shabazz. Malik Zulu Shabazz. Cause he, he said that he was supposed to go to the Confederate rally, but he didn't, he said that they had him on the no fly list or something like that. I, I can't confirm any of that, but he did call in and they put him on speaker. Now, I didn't hear him say those things, but he has said, I have heard him on one of our stations. He has said on one of our programs, I think it was race treaty. I'm not sure. He has made, he has used bombastic language like that. All right. And but he is even no longer in the black in the new Black Panther Party. All right. That he left them as their leader. So but this this racist white supremacist of um, uh, Mr. Houston here is again trying to confuse people about the Black Panther Party for self-defense of revolutionary organization and this this more recent organization which has taken part of the Black Panther Party's name, New Black Panther. I mean, there. let's just be real about it, Sister Amigio, that some of the veterans of the Black Panther Party have had a problem and have asked these brothers and sisters to, to not use their name because their platform and their ideology is not the same. I mean, there are some points to where they agree on things, you know what I'm saying? But for the most part, they are two, they are two different organization's ideology. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, what what do you think? Oh, I mean, of course. You know, um, I've seen there's a lot of different things that are happening right now. Um, one of them is finally there, you know, Black Panther alumni elders that are challenging, you know, um, the existence of uh, the organization for the last 20 years. You know, um, some people have chosen, you know, not to say anything. Some people have chosen to say things behind, you know, closed, closed doors. doors yeah. Um, some have given their approval over the years. Some have not given their approval at all. Um, you know, but only recently I know that, uh, you know, Brother Daruba has come out like really hard and said some things. Um, you know, there's, also, um, a new documentary in the book that was written by a man, um, named, um, Stanley, um, Stanley Nelson. And, you know, that, um, you know, Panther alumni are also, um, coming out really hard and criticizing, um, this documentary that is getting ready to come out as well as this book that's already out that, um, you know, even Brother DeRuba says that um, it's revisionist and uh, portrays um, the party um, from a negative perspective. Even Elaine Brown has actually come out and been very critical of uh, Stanley Nelson's work. So, you know, there's just constant, as, as I've talked to elders, there's like this constant, um, you know, revisionist or the constant, um, I don't like the word threat, but... 
um, this, this, this constant, um, perception of folks wanting to, um, you know, work on top of, you know, the legacy of, uh, you know, what, what, what would actually be, you know, people's grandparents. Um, so, um, there, there, there's been an, this, a constant ongoing struggle from the perspective that I hear from the elders, whether it's, you know, um, the two prong issue, whether you have somebody out here, you know, uh, that considers themselves a scholar or historian or, you know, uh, individual that chooses to, um, you know, portray the Panthers in a book or a film or whatever. And then of course, you know, um, individuals that like to use, you know, the name, whether it's New Black Panther Party or uh, a Gray Panther or White Panther or, you know, um, however people choose to, you know, I guess, um, mooch, um, off the legacy in some kind of way. Mm-hmm. Um, if, the, if that if that is you know a better term, right? Um, the coattails, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, yeah. And, and and so I believe this dude is purposely doing this. This again is not the first time I've seen that. And and look, don't get this wrong. Don't get me wrong. I am not attacking the new Black Panther Party. I am cool with several of its members. Like I've said, several of them have been on on our program. Do I agree with everything that they say and, and, and do? No, I don't. But you know what? I know how to set aside my differences and work on the stuff that we do agree on. So I'm not attacking them. All right. They are needed. They are needed in, in, in the wake of we don't really have anybody out there that really want to confront who are not afraid to confront these violent racists. And I'm talking about the police terrorists as well. And, and, and right. so I, this again, the reason I brought this up is because this is why it's important for us to know our history. So that when people try to demonize our beloved brothers and sisters of the Black Panther Party and and, and try to destroy their legacy or misrepresent their legacy, then, you know, we will be armed with knowledge to combat that misinformation because this plaque in Winston-Salem actually talks about all the free breakfast program, the political education classes, the reading classes, and on and on and on. All the, all the different survival programs that we know are associated with the original Black Panther Party. And that is why they are being honored in Wisdom Salem for their social work in the community. Right. All right, I do want to, I'm overdue for a break. I want to take a short station identification break. You're listening to Political Prisoner Radio. We are on air every Sunday at 9 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time right here on Black Talk Radio Network. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. So we say, we always say the Black Panther Party, that they can do the they want to us. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you remember I said, Revolution comes with a price tag. You are tuned in to the Black Talk Radio Network. For podcasts and live program scheduling, visit us on the web at blacktalkradionetwork.com. And welcome back. Uh, again, you're listening to Political Prisoner Radio. My name is Scotty and my co-host is Sister Amijo. Uh Let's move uh, to this story. Um, sis, you wanted to talk about the... Um, I don't know. I don't know how you would categorize it, but I call it a non-controversy um, in terms mm-hmm. of Cecil the lion, the the lion that was lured off of the uh, preserve in Zimbabwe and then shot, suffered for like forty hours, and then was you know they finally shot him with a gun and killed him, and then skinned his body and decapitated him, and then then this 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 uh, white dentist, this white male, uh, violent white male. Uh, came back here to America. And so um, I linked to an article that this this sister wrote. And let me pull that up. I linked to that article. That's the wrong one. Let me pull it up. 
uh where did uh did i link to it oh man i forgot to link to it i will link to it that and post it to political prisoner radio but there there was this uh sister i forget what university she teaches at and in the article she's talking about you know the lack of outrage towards you know for she's talking about the outrage for cecil the lion's killing but the lack of outrage over the killing of black men and women in this country and so you know if you read the entire article then you will see it seems to me that her audience who she's talking about is white people in this country because obviously she ain't talking about black people because we've been showing our outrage over the killing of our family members for you know intensely for over a year now you know going on two years or what when, when was michael brown gunned down august last year right during Black right. August, I think August the 14th is when Michael Brown right. was killed. And, and so black people have been showing their outrage. So I think she's addressing that towards white people. So what was your thoughts on, on that? Um, I haven't seen that specific article. Mm-hmm. I've just been seeing, you know, seeing people, you know, react to um, this new, I guess, international um outrage and i guess it just to me it sets up like the dichotomy between you know how often in the animal rights activism arena Mm -hmm. that people can have like a very um uh racist mentality um or you know, work from a view of, you know, a, a white supremacist perspective, um, you know, that clearly, I'll give an example here in, you know, in Baltimore, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sure there's an example, you know, in other places around the country where even police officers, you know, will get charged with splitting a dog's throat and then get charged with animal cruelty and then you can murder you know, uh, African person or indigenous person or, you know, another person of color and, you know, it's considered, you know, um, you know, justifiable. Um, but with regard to the whole, you know, animal rights activism piece, there's, there's often, um, you know, a lack of, um, you know, race it's always a seems to be like a, a lack of a race analysis um at times you know um i can't say that you know i won't say that that all um you know eco warriors and animal rights activists um um are like that you know um the individuals that are actually you know identified by jericho and other groups do have you know clear you know analysis um, I would just mention, like, you know, organizations like, you know, PETA. PETA is a really good example. Mm-hmm. You know, um, even though, you know, they constantly talk about, you know, animal rights issues, a lot of their ads and their campaigns, you know, tend to have, like, very racist, you know, overtones or undertones. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Um, yes, I, I I know what you're saying. Now, I do agree, and I have actually, you know, questioned the same thing that how can you be, and not that being concerned about animals is a bad thing. I mean, some of the political prisoners right. uh, that we discussed on this program just last week, we was, again, like right. you mentioned earlier, we was talking right. about, you know, political prisoners that was involved in the liberation of uh, animals and, and, and whatnot. So that's not a bad thing. That's not a bad thing. That is not what we are saying here. That's not what we're saying. But what, but what, you know, we are saying is, and I have said in the past is, how can you be so passionate in your defense of animal lives? But, you know, I never see you post anything about, you know, human beings, regardless of their race, you know, regardless of their race. 
And, 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 and so, yes, I do understand that. But the article I just posted to Political Prisoner Radio's Facebook page, that doesn't seem where, that doesn't seem, they don't never even mention uh, PETA or any organization like that. They were basically talking about social media and how this story went viral. But I'm like, you know, I shared that story. I was outraged over Cecil the Lion's killing because it's just, it just, part of the pathology of these white racists the same pathology that this white dentist has and going over there killing these these defenseless animals in, in the way that he's doing it it's the same as the the cop out there that's hunting it that's what we have said in the past that these cops are on safari remember it was a story not that long ago where this guy was on the ground handcuffed and then this this uh insurance agent he had given all this money to the police department and given to the sheriff's election and all of that and so he got reserved police officer status and so he go out there whenever he get ready with a gun and a badge and and so he was so-called participating in this thing where this black guy was selling an undercover officer a gun and he jumped out the truck and ran they caught him he on the ground they putting the handcuffs on him and then here come this dude and just shot him you know, and, 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 and so I'm looking at, yeah, that that's how, that's what he do. That's what he's doing. He's going on safari. He's paying all this money to the sheriff's department so he can go hunt down human beings. And, and I look at that, I look at it as being the same way with these people who go over here to kill. You know, many of these animals are on the endangered list. And so I share, I share that story and I was outraged about it too. You know what I'm saying? But what do I post about? What do you see me posting about mostly? You know, Sister Mijo, what am I always talking? I'm always talking about the majority of my posts are about police violence, about 21st century slavery and human trafficking. But I can walk and chew bubblegum at the same time. And if I want to tweet whatever or or share something on Facebook and call for this 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 uh white dentist to be extradited back to Zimbabwe so he can face justice for his crimes against the people of Zimbabwe then what why should anyone have a problem with that you know mm-hmm. I, I I don't think you know I think sometimes we we blow things up that are non issues now she was coming well, I from think the that if people can destroy their environment and destroy the animals. They have no regard for life at all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, again, I I was saying from the way I read the article that her intended target, who she was talking about, again, she wasn't talking about black people. All right, she talking about white people. Well, right. scientific studies, Scotty is not making this up. Do a Google search. White people lack empathy for black people. Do a Google search. This was a university study done uh, that shows that white people show a lack of empathy uh, uh, for non-white people. That they're, you know, when they hook whatever the electrodes or whatever to their brains or skulls or whatnot, they're supposed to register, you know, when there's brain activity and when they would see uh white people pictures of other white people engaged in different activities the you know it would light up on the screen you know on the meter or whatnot but then when they were shown pictures of, of black people hispanic people or latipo non-whites when they were shown those pe- people they didn't register anything that the vast majority of the test subjects showed a lack of empathy for non-white people and so i'm like saying to myself why are we wasting time trying to get people to do something that apparently they are incapable of doing? If they was going to do it, they would have been done it. So why are we begging white people to care about us or to care about black lives? We know they don't care about black lives. So let's focus on recruiting more people within our own communities, like the black community, like the Latino community, like the indigenous communities who are most impacted by these issues. Let's work on recruiting more of them, you know, instead of trying to. And and yeah, we do have white allies out there, but my intent is not to seek white allies because I'm not trying to waste my time. You know what I'm saying? If a white person comes along and, and, and some have and want to contribute to the movement, that's all well and fine. That's all well and fine. But I'm not 
expecting I'm not wasting any time trying to convince any white person to give a damn about black people. That's just my thought on it. So I, I absolutely agree. Yeah, let, I, let let's focus on no what we can do. <laughs> What's that, Sister Mija? Sister Mija, you still there? Uh oh. Yeah, no, I said that you said it perfectly. Yeah, because now I'm just making a guesstimation. I don't have any hard numbers or or data to back this up. But there are estimated, and I imagine there's far more than 40 million black people in this country because I know a lot of black people don't participate in the census. Okay, but if we want to go by the last census, there's an estimated 40 million black people in this country. Sister Mija, do you think uh, what percentage of those people do you think is in, that is actively involved in the Black Lives Matter movement or any kind of movement addressing any of the issues we face as black people? I think that would be a very interesting national survey. I think it would be too. I I, mm-hmm. I just gave a guesstimation. I think it's less than one percent. Mm-hmm. Less than 1% of the 40 million black people are actively engaged in, in these struggles. Would you say that the entire black community in Baltimore turned out for the protest for Freddie Gray? No. No, absolutely not. So, it seems to me we got work to do in our own communities to get people to, to, to really care and get involved. And so again, if you can't clean, if you can't straight, you know, they on Earth, they use the term five percent. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the the eighty five, the fifteen, and the five. No, I never know, heard, heard that. Just, Please enlighten us. Okay, well, that's where the concept of the five percent the five percent nation comes from. But you know, eighty five percent are pretty much you know. Um, deaf, dumb, and blind to the situation, and then the you know fifteen, you know, are aware and they're not involved in anything at all. And then you know it's only the five percent that have the skills, knowledge, and ability to you know defend self and you know fight back. So yeah. Now I have right. heard of as, as my as my calculation off. No, no. Um, yeah. I have heard Sister Jonina, uh, Ebron, uh, Irvin. You know, uh, she, she was, uh, mm-hmm. one of, you know, she's a Black Panther alumni. She told me that less than 5% of the people ever engage in revolution. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that, that's kind of along the same lines of the, of the things you just said. So I'm just saying, man, it just, I just don't, I don't believe in wasting time. I don't believe in beating my head up against the wall. I don't believe in doing the same things over and over and expecting a different result because that's insanity. And how long have have black people and other non-white people in this country tried to get or appeal to white people's conscience to see the humanity in us and to treat us as equals, to treat us as human beings, okay? How long have we been doing that? What, 400 years? 500 years? How long, sis? Pretty long time, wouldn't you say? Since the origins of this country. Yeah, since the origins of this country. Since them first settlers came over here to steal land and murder indigenous people. All right? And so, apparently, nobody has come up with a strategy to get these people to care about black lives or any other lives except for their own, you know. And and in my book, they don't even care about their own lives a lot of time because I don't see no movement against police violence with all these white people getting gunned down. You just had a white boy, an unarmed white boy, gunned down the same way Samuel Du Bois was gunned down in Cincinnati, shot through the car door, you know, by this cop who then lied and said that, oh, he was trying to run me over and all of that. Well, where's the outrage for that little white boy from all these white people that say all lives matter or white lives matter? Y'all ain't showing me that y'all lives matter. Oh, it only matters when 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 that white life is a, a, a police, right? When it's in a blue uniform, then it matters. 
So, you know, it, that's the only thing that I talk to white people about or try to appeal to them or target them with propaganda is to tell them, no, you want to say all lives matter, then where's your, where's your movement in defense of white life against these police terrorists? Oh, you don't have one, do you? Oh, so I guess your life don't matter, so shut the hell up. Um, anyway, um, let me take this. Oh, Scotty, <laughs> I just wanted to be on clear be clear the term five percent comes from the nation of islam doctrine that sees the world's population divided into three groups 85 percent of the people are blind to the knowledge of self and god while 10 percent of the people know the truth but teach lies for their personal gain seen as part of this 10 percent are religious leaders that teach that god is a um incorporeal being Hence the term mystery god. The 10% can also include the governments of the world that deceive and mislead the majority of the world through most of the available media outlets. The remaining 5% are the poor righteous teachers who do not subscribe to the teachings of the 10% as they know and teach that God is the Asiatic black man. Mm -hmm. And I want to be clear also. I'm not painting white people with a broad brush because we we have seen throughout history and we can see today that there are some white people that do care. And they are trying and, and we see them out there, whether it's because it's a white woman who, who has a son with a black person and he gets gunned down like what happened to Tony Robinson up there in Minnesota. I think that was Minnesota or it might have been Minneapolis, you know, but there are have been white people who who do who have shown that they care but i'm talking about the masses of white people the masses of white people have shown that they don't care that they're in the, again i point to a scientific study look it up white people are incapable of empathizing with non-white people so stop trying to get them to you're wasting your time build up the movement within your own community and recruit more uh we do got a caller uh we are running out of time i'm gonna come to you caller but first let me just state these political prisoner birthdays i have linked to their cases uh for those who will listen later on the podcast it'll be posted there on our, our blog politicalprisonerradio.blogspot.com and of course you know uh the podcast also be posted for tonight's uh promo but these are the political prisoner birthdays of this week Eric King, um, Eric King is an animal rights activist. Bill Dunn, I'm not sure about Bill Dunn. Um, I don't recall. Debbie Sims. We talked about Bill. Not that long ago, right? Not that long ago. Yeah. Debbie Sims, Africa, you know, part of the Move family, revolutionary Move family out of Philadelphia. And Dr. Matulu. Shakur, Dr. Matulu Shakur, um, as well, one, uh, a former member of the Black Panther Party. Was he also connected with the Black Liberation Army as well? Um, Dr. Matulu Shakur was, uh, uh, Ram. Ram? Uh, I'm re- sorry. Yeah, he was Revolutionary Action Movement, um, BLA, and, um, GPRNA. Okay. Provisional, uh, pro- uh, provisional you know, P provisional government for the Republic of New Africa. Right, right, right. And I have linked to uh, either their websites or the uh, posting that nycabc.wordpress.com has posted about them. Again, much thanks to them for putting together this political prisoner and prisoner of war birthday calendar. Now, we do got a program coming on, but I'm going to take this call. Caller, please be quick with your comments as uh, we want to get the Lotus Place um, on air, on time, as much as we can. So, uh, your line is unmuted. Please go ahead with your question and comment. Hey, Scotty. Peace, Sister Amiju. This is Max Barthes. I just wanted to uh, also throw in there another 5% that made a very big historical difference. Uh, and what we're pushing for with the abolitionist movement is during the peak of the abolitionist movement in the late 1800s, 1860s, uh, 5% of the nation were professed abolitionists. And the rest of the nation was divided between slavery advocates and anti-slavery advocates by basically uh, 50% each. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that information with us. Again, Max is a part of the Black Talk Radio Network family, co-host, co-producer of New Abolitionist Radio. Please follow that page on Facebook as well as they are always sharing 
information related to modern day slavery and human trafficking. Peace and blessings to you, Max. Peace, Trevor. Max. All right. Well, that's the end of our program. Uh, Sister Amidu, unless you have anything else, we will go ahead and close out. Um, I just once again wanted to um, remind the listeners of the um, events and fundraisers coming up for um, Dr. Matulu Shakur in New York. And the information has been posted on our website. All right. Well, once again, we thank you all for taking time out of your week to tune in to the program. Please, please do your research on Black August. Learn about our revolutionary uh, warriors, people who have made sacrifice, people who are still suffering on prison plantations right now. All right. So that you'll be armed with that information and you need to pass that down to, you know, your your uh, uh family members, your children, so that they never forget, never forget these people. All right. They have sacrificed so much. With that, we'll be back on air next Sunday. Political Prisoner Radio signing off. Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.